Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh, honey. Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, Sunshine. <laughs> Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Hello, I'm Renee Richards, and I have my spiel. Welcome to Teaching Tuesday, May 23rd, 2017. I'm psychic medium Renee Richards and the host of the show for the next hour. Um, I'm also... Uh, want to let you know that I do do a reading show now and then on Supernatural Radio, which is on Block Talk Radio, but I, I haven't been doing it lately. Um, so I do want to give a warning. My modem is wearing, burning out or old or whatever. It, I'm waiting for a new one to come tomorrow, so I'm hoping it stays on. And hubby's out of town. Pate, da-da-da, pate. No. <laughs> okay. So this is about books, and the reason why I thought about this was because a lot of people have such varied paths to spirituality and discovery of their own power, of what they resonate with, and so it's really interesting. I always think the books that they read to bring them to certain places so our paths and the way we find our own path is as diverse as all the many different souls on this planet and beyond. These books represent a small part <laughs> of my path. These are only some of the books. There were and are many more. So how this all started out was um, like about age eight, nine, um, we moved into a house, and I met a lady across the street who kept staring out the window at me. And um, they were just beautiful homes in Newark. They were called the Lake Homes, and they were just beautiful. I had never seen such beautiful homes. And um, my, we were there with my stepfather, uh, my mother, myself, and uh, I always called her my little Japanese granny. Um, and uh, we all lived together. This was before my sister was born. And I was there till about age uh, 13 or so, 12, 13, right? Now. I can't remember. But anyway, so the lady across the street finally came over, and um, I met her, and she was a white witch. And she did not tell my mother that, but she told me that. And she said to me, the first thing she said to me was, you do not know who you are. And I'm like, and I just laughed, you know, and looked down at the ground, moved my foot around. She had four beautiful daughters, and she asked me if I babysat, even at that age. I think I was, an, I was big for my age. I looked a lot older. I was really tall. And um, so I ended up babysitting for her. And um, she, like I said, she was a white witch. And the, the things that she taught me <laughs> were amazing. So uh, she taught me how to use candles. She taught me incantations, but through prayer. The use of sacred oils, the Ouija board. Uh, and I had played with the Ouija board before. My mother had bought me one. And um, 
I had things come through there also years ago. No, wait a minute. That was later on. This was before that, yeah. No, I hadn't done that yet. I get mixed up. That's before. When I went to Hayward, I had a Ouija board. Anyway. Okay, the use um, of sacred oils, a Ouija board, astral projection, Egyptian lives, and the connection to Egypt. And also, um, she had some Rosicrucian books, and she would read me some of those books. And we would kind of study that together. She was so magical. She had these huge blue eyes, and um, so many weird things happened. But that was before I was really reading a lot of books. So it was just ex- more experiences where I was learning. She always had the Bible open, and she had um, oils, and she would always anoint me. <laughs> she wasn't weird. I used to watch her girls. And uh, she would anoint me, and we would have very, very spiritual moments. One of One was that I could talk to her without her without me moving my lips, and she would hear what I would say, and then she would say, I just heard you. So I could talk to her telepathically. (laughs) I mean, this is when I was really young. Um, And she would have psychics come over, um, and my mother got a reading once, and then he gave me a reading because I was walking through the house, and he said, oh, I want to talk to her. And that reading was the best reading I ever had. It was the most (laughs) accurate Um, And my mother um, was very, very shocked by everything that that they said, he said in that reading. So anyway, so I learned about Egypt. I learned past lives connected with Egypt. She had given me some clues that I had lived in Egyptian lives. And... um, and then, of course, that was connected with the Rosicrucians, who were very popular in San Jose, California, which we used to go down. Um, she would take me to, with her girls, we would all go to the uh, Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum down in San Jose. And I was just, I was just entranced. I mean, I was so young. Okay, so then from that, from the witchcraft, and it was white witchcraft. It wasn't dark. But I did learn how to do some things like, and probably some things that if she knew about, she probably wouldn't be too happy, but um, they didn't work anyway, so that's good. Then in like, um, so from that point, that's where it all started. Um, the astral projection, when I came out of my body at night, she actually uh, was there with me. She actually um, initiated it happening. And um, so I already knew about astral projection. I knew that I had some kind of power that everybody has. I'm not saying I'm special powerful. Um, everybody has it. But she was already, she was placed in my life for a reason. And she was saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. And she was amazing. Um, and I don't know whatever happened to her. I mean, things appeared, things disappeared. I mean, it was Unbelievable. You would walk in her house and she'd have all these purple chiffon curtains over her, her, her sunken living room with a big circle couch. And it was just, um, and I saw a lot of things there also. So, but anyway, okay, so that's the first. Then the second, uh, in the 80s, so we skip all the way to the 80s. Um, and it was, this book was part of it. Um, and I don't know if you can see it or not. Let me see. 
But when I finally really started getting into it, this book, it's called Seven Arrows by, there's no way I'm going to pronounce it right, H-Y-E-M-E-Y-O-H-S-T-S, Storm. Um, it's Seven Arrows. It's a wonderful book. And um, that's where I learned about, like, the four directions. And I was taught to use sage. Um, honor the four directions, and each has a color, and each has a path, and then the circle, and vision quest. So that's what I learned. Then when I got this book in the um, 80s, my husband at the time read it, and then I read it, and then together we did a lot of things um, that we didn't even really know what was happening. We would have dreams the same, all kinds of crazy things. And we ended up going to, um, like, the Modoc Indian Reservation, and we would spend time there. And so there was that was another growth period. But this is when I finally started to make an effort. And the first book that I feel that really did this for me was Seven Arrows. And it is beautifully written, beautifully written. And I just love it. And then the second book... Um, that I rem- so then I started spreading out a little bit, you know, and this one, How to Meditate by um, Lawrence Lashun Shan. Lawrence Lashan. I haven't seen it for so long. I started reading this book, and it was about how to meditate, and the thing that I really, really liked about it, it's an older book. I mean, look how old it is. The pages are just <laughs> It's like from the 70s, the early 70s, and it really gave down-to-earth information on how to meditate because I had no idea how to actually meditate, Uh, and this book was, um, it was really good, like why we meditate, how a meditation feels, the psychological effects of meditation, and um, the physiological effects, the basic types of meditation, structured and unstructured and so I learned a lot from this now for me I don't do usually unstructured meditations I always do very structured because I'm I uh, would always have a tendency to go off into the astral realm or even the lower astral because it was so easy for me to pick up on that that would be the place I'd always go so when I finally started using structured meditations which means uh, for me that I was doing energy work while I was doing my meditations, bringing light in, seeing that light, working that way. And then the visions just would take over anyway, so that was fine too. Then that was more, um, that that was going off into places, so and different dimensions and different beings and all that. But meditation was the key to it. So then after that... <laughs> I thought, and I bought this book years ago, um, Meet and Work with Your Spirit Guides, Ted Andrews. That's when I still kind of believed in spirit guides. And it always felt so much safer to um, work with a spirit guide. So um, I used that book. Ted Andrews has really good books. I can't read them now at all. can't even pick them up and look at them. 
The Seven Arrows, I can. It's it's a wonderful book, but meet and work with your guides. I, I can't handle it. Before a beginner, um, that was a very helpful book. And then this book, and, and as we're going through these, you know, we're going into years and years. This one was really interesting, The New Clairvoyance. And I found this fascinating. I remember I read this on the way to Jamaica <laughs> uh, on the airplane. And um, it's by Mario Schoenmaker, The New Clairvoyance, uh, Deeper Perspectives on the Aura and Reincarnation. Excellent book. Excellent pictures. Ex, you know, especially when I was just, you know, trying to understand what all these colors were and everything. He would give you descriptions on how to read different layers and what it might mean. Um, now I just totally usually go on, um, I don't really read the aura like some heavy duty, but I do use it as clues. And um, it was really interesting because he's a, a priest was a priest so I, I i really enjoyed this book and i remember i was reading it on the way to jamaica and two or three of the stewardesses came over to me and they they were looking at the book and they said oh you study the arts this is that something and we had a really good discussion up you know way up in the sky up there and uh I, it's come over time i've learned that a lot of those um women and men are um, very spiritual. I guess you have to be to fly that far up above the world, right? Okay. So then another really good book that I read, um, and you can see, and there's 50 million in between. I, the, my closet is full of books. And I was just thinking, I want them all in one room, so I'm, I'm going to pull them out and put them in the closet. Because <laughs> I don't have shelves. I have one shelf over mine thing that's just not enough. oh I got another shelf that's not enough either so the healing healing secrets of the ages by Catherine Ponder amazing book it is very um, it, it, t- it talks about the different conditions that you can have and how your thinking actually changes that how your thinking can actually heal you it's a really good book it, it changed the way I looked at healing um for myself I always was just putting my hands on myself and um trying it that way with light and I would notice some changes but it really wasn't that powerful but the healing secrets of the ages and then there's another one she has too that I have oh the dynamic laws of healing that's another good one but Catherine Ponder is amazing this is an older book too so then after that, then we went to Hands of Light, which is an absolutely by Barbara Brennan. Amazing book. This is where I finally got the answer as to those little atoms that I always saw spinning around um, because I didn't know what they were. And then like when I would see uh, dark spots around people's heads or on their bodies, all of a sudden... This book gave me the answers that I needed, and it's a wonderful book. Um, it's very in-depth, and it takes you through the layers of the aura. And, oh, my God, it's very uh, intense. It also goes into healing. 
and um, talks about the chakras, shows pictures of the chakras, shows um, mental health problems and what they look like. And I had seen those already. So I'm glad that I saw it actually before I got the book because when I saw it, I was like, oh, it brought tears to my eyes because I'm like, oh, my God, something, here it is. Here's the answer I've been looking for. And also about the atoms, that was a big one because I, I didn't realize what those were. I knew that they spun faster with um, more light, and then they would slow down with less light. I did figure that out, but I didn't know why or what they were. And so now we know, and, and through this book, we, I don't know who we is, I guess all parts of me. So that that book was a godsend to me. Yeah, it, Marie says, oh, I would like to read this one. We'll make a note of it. Yes, it's an amazing book, and it, just takes you through so many parts um, of yourself and and what you're made up of. And I truly believe, uh, if anybody knows me, is the more parts that we know of ourselves, of our of our energy bodies, of our chakras, uh, all that makes us up, it really brings an attunement and and makes it so you can become a focal point. And that's where we're going. We want a focal point. Now, I'm not saying you have to read these books, but maybe, you know, you'll find it interesting. Okay, so after that, then, (laughs) um, I started reading Virginia Essene, who has died, and she died of um, Alzheimer's. And her books are great, too, New Cells, New Bodies, New Life. Um, she's got a whole bunch of books that are really inexpensive. And I just found out a lot about DNA and um, affirmations. And all. there was just so much in these, these books. I can't really read this book anymore either. I can't look at it. But it is an excellent book. Um, Virginia, I have some books signed by her too. She was a beautiful, beautiful soul. She was an amazing woman who really um, did a lot of work in the 70s and 80s and early and early 90s because I, well, she just died at, you know, time is just zipping by. I can't even believe I've been here five years. So that's another good book. And then, and I really should have put Claire, I don't think I put any of Claire Prophet's books up. Um, I guess because, um, Patricia Diane Cotarobas here, the next step, unif- the unification with the presence of God within our hearts. She was like, she was a student of Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Um, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, a lot of people and the uh, Summit Lighthouse all say that she was a cult. And I will say that um, she might have been. Um, they really <clears throat> were kind of strange, uh, her and her husband. But the, some of the stuff she wrote, uh, The Power of the Spoken Word, is an amazing book. Uh, it has the threefold flame in it and the unity um, bef- between the divine power, divine love, and that brings divine wisdom. It's power, love, brings wisdom. And she taught that. So that's... Um, she did a lot of channeling work, work with Katumi. Do I believe everything she said? No. Um, and I had 
enough discernment when I read it to do that. Patricia Diane Cotorobos, this book, The Next Step, is amazing. It is freaking amazing. It is wonderful. She took it even further uh, than uh, Elizabeth did. Um, and so I, this is a really good book. Um, now, she they get what I can't take, like in the I Am discourses, which are very good too, uh, only one. I only like the third one. Um, they're so repetitive, and that's where you get that cult feeling that they're trying to bang it in you, you know, bang it in, bang it in. And that's too much for me. Diane can get a little bit like that, but she keeps moving you through things. And um, there is a whole initiation process with that book because um, it's taking you through the I am. And it, it's a – I still every now and then will go back and read it and, and remember where I was when I first picked it up. So I really like her. Uh, oh, there's the science of the spoken word. That one should have been before um, the other one. Science of the spoken word is amazing. It's about the words that you say and, um, you know, when you're, what is the word I'm looking for? You know, when you're trying to bring something, even in manifesting, you have to say certain words and how you say them and how you say them with power. So for that reason, that's a really good book. Now we're getting a little mixed up. The Rainbow Bridge, actually, the Rainbow Bridge Technique uh, this is the book uh, of that. And when you go and you look at it on Amazon, it says um, by the adepts, um, by the, you know, the um, they don't have a name, okay? But it is called the Rainbow Bridge. And on my website, you can find um, that link up at the top. It's called the Rainbow Bridge or um, I think it's a soul star technique. That This is the book of it. Very hard to read. Um, but it it has amazing information in it, and it, it is a good book, but I almost rather go to the website. So I have it. I have that one. I have a whole other one, too, but only because I get really in-depth with it. So, But just to learn about it, the website really does work for that. But it is a good book. Those are books that changed my life. Okay. Oops. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want to go there yet. Okay, so then there are some other ones that I didn't list. A really good one that I love and I read that I feel like Christ is talking through it, through these books, and it's a collection. Oops. Is, um, let's see, it's one, two, three, four, six books, and I read them all. It comes in this pack of them. <laughs> And it's Baird Spalding, Life and Teaching of the Masters of the Far East. Oh, my God. These are wonderful. They're wonderful. Um, they are teachings. They do explain how it happens, why it happens. Um, but this man traveled to the Himalayas, and everything he wrote down everything that he saw. How do we know it's true? We don't. And this was from long, long ago. But the books are amazing. If you want to take a fun reading where it's not so teaching, even though in each book there are lessons, but they're kind of taught in stories. And it's all about unconditional love 
and love for everyone and how connected we are. And it is the Christ consciousness is what this is. So that is really good that I really liked. I enjoyed it. And I keep it in my collection. Then we got, you know, Madame Blavatsky, her work, which is really hard to read. But, um, that, you know, that it is good reading. And, and I think for an history of esoteric teaching, it's amazing. And also Alice Bailey who wrote, um, I have some of her books, The Rays and the Initiations and Soul Psychology. And then, of course, there's another one, um, Joshua David Stone, who's really good. So then that kind of brings us to modern times. Like, So the main book I study and read is the Mahatma. Um, also, I use Sedona Beyond the Vortex. I do not believe everything that's in Sedona Beyond the Vortex. Um, some parts of it I don't agree with, but that's okay. The main part of it is amazing. And then there's another book, too, that is, is a really good one that I, I keep out a lot, um, The Angels Within Us, Within Us, not out there somewhere. And this is a really good book, too, but it's a little fluffy, but it's a good book. And then another book that I really like um, is called Principles of the Kabbalah. Um, it's a really good beginning book, and it'll introduce you to the Kabbalah, and it, I really enjoy that. But there's some things I don't agree with that either. So I have discernment with it, but when something resonates, um, I really go for it. Another book that's more modern that I really like is um, about this woman who died. Her, it's called Backwards, a guidebook. This is a good book. This is a really good book. This book um, talks about a lot of the stuff that I see when I believe in uh, on a soul level. So it, she dies and she comes back, and it's, it is amazing. So those are the, really some of the most important ones that actually have changed my life. Nancy Dannison wrote that. This is more. This is easy to read. It's um, it has really good information in it, and it's easier to read. It's not so old school esoteric. Um, Oh, was she on Bobbleson's? Yeah, she's amazing. I really like um, her books. It, that near-death experience really changed her a lot. I think she was an attorney, wasn't she? So, um, and then, um, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. Um, I mean, there's lots of other books, uh, The Science of the Spoken Word, Yeah. Like um, Madame Blavatsky, um, Alice Bailey, The I Am Presence, The Threefold Flame, Knowing That God Is Inside You. When I when I start reading books um, and I start noticing that that threefold flame, you know, the pink, the blue, and the yellow, divine power, divine love, divine wisdom, is flowing through so many texts, you know, Light bulbs go off, so um, and and it starts to make sense um, with a 
all of it, and the I am presence, and even that's in the Bible. So the I am. And then, of course, then you go to Eckhart Tolle for the power of now. Um, now, some, like Barbara DeLong talks about the science of the mind by Ernest Holmes. I had a hard time reading that. And um, it is a good book. I read some of it. But, it, again, it's kind of like the Claire Prophet. It's very, very repetitious. And it's very male. It has a lot of uh, male mental energy. And if you're not ready um, to handle that strong male mental part of your body, um, I, I, you know, just wait. It's a good book, but people need to wait for that book. Um, and then, so though uh, I have simplified also Kabbalah, because there is a connection to that too. That's a whole other path. I mean, there's paths every which way. So um, those are my books. Does anybody want to share their books? Anybody bring any uh, thoughts or? Then I wanted to show you, um, I just wanted to show you this. So one um, one way to remove psychic debris that's very easy to do, because um, I saw this picture and I went, oh, my God, is <laughs> when you're taking a shower, you imagine that, that you're taking a purple shower. And that purple is cleansing Yes, you're cleansing your body, but you're also cleansing your bodies, your light bodies. And yes, the emotional body, the light body, it's an energetic body, but it is in fact a light body. And then your mental body is in fact a light body. So you're cleansing those and you can use that purple shower. And then you can use that also. That's beautiful. You see that coming up through the bottom of your feet and cleansing you all over. So, and you know, when I was a young girl, I used to read the Bible. And um, I would read it, and I, I just would think, I don't even know why I would read it. Uh, my mother always had one. Nobody was reading it, but I would pick it up. And um, to me, it just didn't seem right. <laughs> it just didn't seem right. It ain't right. <laughs> I don't want to say it. It just ain't right. And then um, this is an example of the mother energy. Um, I cannot remember her name. She has a name. But when um, I was visited by the mother, um, and that's all I knew her by was the mother, this is who came to me. But I didn't know about it at the time. <laughs> Saying, this Portuguese woman keeps coming to me in this beautiful light. And um, that's who it was. I cannot remember her name. And those are the, the Kamaras who, um, like, one is Sanat Kamara, one is um, Kachumi, one is Moya, and um, I, I don't know who the other ones are. But those are the ones that I am familiar with. So it's, it's a, definitely a mother energy and when she comes, she floats in, <laughs> and then she can she can help you also with energy. So, does anybody have any books they want to share? Kareen, you got to have some books. Mm 
Marie says, The Power of Now I Keep on My Nightstand, one of the first books that made a huge impact on me spiritually was Many Lives, Many Masters. It validated what I suspected from a very early age, which included visitations and the knowing of life after death. Yeah. And that's exactly what a book is supposed to do. Oh, yeah. Another one that changed my life, which wasn't a spiritual book, but had to change me, and it did, was, um, oh, brother, I write things down, and I forget where I put them. Um, just look at these notes. I mean, give me a break. It's Women Who Love Too Much by Robin something. Norwood, I think. Oh, my God. Shirley MacLaine out on a limb. Yeah. Yeah. Shirley MacLaine did a lot for people. I'll tell you. Um, by bringing it out, uh, because she was connected with, um, she was connected uh, with psychic stuff. Oh, and past lives, too. Yeah. And even, um, what's her name? She wrote a lot of those angel books. Sylvia Brown. But, um, and then Corrine says, I've read more fictional stuff that has changed me, like Conrad Aiken, Richard Matheson. Yeah. Right. Because that would be the way for you, you know, uh, more of a connection into it. Yeah, the Celestine Prophecies. Mm-hmm. See, now those books, um, like the Celestine Prophecies and um, that other one, what was Oh, Many Lives, Many Masters, those change people. They broaden the way they look at things. So we all go our own different way. Um, those books will open you up. Another one I really liked is Be Still and Know I'm God. Oh, my God. That had, um, I know, yeah, Corrine says she still has the books that changed me. I do, too. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. <laughs> yeah, Be Still and Know I was, I'm God is amazing. Amazing. Oh, Autobiography of a Yogi. Okay, Karen, come on and tell us. Oh, I can't. I can't click you on. You want to come on and tell us about that one? Autobiography of a Yogi? You might have to go in and out again. I don't know. Are you on a phone? What Yogi? Oh, activate your uh, mic. That's what you have to do. Um, I can't. DNA of the gods. Oh, you could come on and tell us about that, Gemini Moon, if you want. I don't know anything about that. What is it about? Oh, Yogananda, yeah. See, it's interesting. You go more the um, India. And I, I have read some books by um, yogis or whatever you want to call them. 
the four seedings of humanity. Huh. You want to come on, Gemini Moon, and talk about it? I don't know, you know, know those books. It would be interesting to hear about them. Is that the seedings of how the DNA came to the planet? Carl Jung's autobiography. Yeah, yeah. Some of that I can handle. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but that's okay. You could tell us um, what you've learned so far if you want. Can I? Do you want me to unmute you? I can't. You have to. You have to say you want to uh, talk. Oh, DNA splicing. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I haven't gotten on, onto too much of that. Um, I understand about how um, they think that um, the DNA came to the planet by asteroids. Some of that. I find it very interesting. Um, so let's see. So what did you get out of Carl Jung's autobiography, Karen? The archetypes? Anything like that? So I really do think that the book that you want to find... Underlying half, underlining half the book, yeah. <laughs> That's what I do too. I have notes stuck in books everywhere and, yeah. Or, uh, another good one that I use now is Prelude to Ascension. Um, God, it's such, it's a, I like books that are comfortable. This book is so thick and heavy, it's hard to hold like at night. But that one is um, a channeled book by Janet McClure, who worked, worked very interrelated to Brian Grattan, who wrote uh, Mahatma, the I Am Presence, one and two. So, And it's interesting, you know, a lot of those same people filter through into other books also. Um and so you start noticing that similarity. And one of them is Madame Blavatsky, some of who she worked with. Uh, Dewal Cole actually came through uh, to her also way back when. Has anybody read Romancing by Sarah Breadnatch? No. What's that? Okay, Kareen, come on and tell us about that. Somebody's got to come on and talk a little bit. Well, what's it about? <laughs> the formal title is DNA. Oh, the Anunnaki. Okay, creation of Eve in the battle for humanity. And here we go with the battles. I might read that, though, just for the heck of it. DNA of the gods. See what it's about. DNA of the gods. Kareen? She disappeared. Kareen's book's a good book, too. Um, I have it out here, too. The Sensitive Soul's Guide to Waking Up. An Interactive Journaling into Your Life's Purpose. 
journaling. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris H. Hardy. Okay, PhD. Chris. Yeah, and see, now everybody writing these books are, and um, who these people are are all PhDs now, which is good. Sci- you know, the problem with science <laughs> is they have that materialistic way of doing science, that it has to be proven, and that being proven is called materialistic. It doesn't mean they're material. Okay, so tell us, Kareen, what is the uh, one you were talking about, Romancing the Ordinary? What's that? Okay, so Sarah, I don't even know how you say her last name, Sarah Van Brednot or something, but uh, Romancing the Ordinary is just about, it's just so, such, like you talk about comfortable books, it's such a comfortable book to read. It's like you're with a friend, and your friend is trying to tell you that you must love yourself and take care of yourself and expect those, you know, those beautiful moments in life. And I can't, it's a really big book, but it's set up like you read January's chapter in January, and she's got, like, recipes in there. And it's just, it was just such a lovely book. In fact, when I see it at the Goodwills, I'll buy it so I can give it to someone else. And um, oh. it's just really, really good. I just love that book. And she also wrote um, other books, uh, you know, off of that one. That one was a huge seller, that Romancing the Ordinary. And um, she actually lives in um, Newton, Sir Isaac Newton's cottage in England. She's from oh America. Oh, His cottage in England or something. And uh, so she's got an interesting history, but she, and she wrote a few more off of that. And um, but just I just was delighted to read that book. It was just, you know, I guess really, Renee, it's um, I, I, you know, mostly I have not read very spiritual books, so to speak. I've read things on nature and art and. Like, I think that we, we have to have this, you know, this curiosity about all things. And, and mm-hmm. I love to study the sciences and, you know, nature, as I said, and, and just all kinds of subjects, you know. And yeah. It, it, all of those things inform us. And, and um, it, it's just, you know, especially as, a, as an author, I feel like I need to know about these things in order to, put real life into my writing and but um yeah but these books thank you so much for bringing these books up tonight because i i would i love to look through your um bookshelves and you've (laughs) so i really appreciate it and you know um there's there's all kinds of books i mean there's starseed there's um the one you gave me, John Lennon and Heaven, that was a great book, um, and it was really interesting. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be, because a lot of times um, I'm always looking for answers. I'm looking for w- why did this happen, and then the understanding of how it works, like, within me. But a lot of times I just want to read something for fun where I don't have to, you know, I'm not 
trying to learn something from it. But even in some of like the classic books that you gave me, some of those uh, to read, like the Dorian Gray and Rebecca, and I just found another one that you had sent me that I didn't read yet. Um, so a lot of those have so much to say, uh, even about who we are as human beings on this planet, you know, um, and the afterlife, yeah. And that, um, the John Lennon book um, is about John Lennon dies, of course, and she actually talks to him in heaven about things, about his family, about why he was here. And all kinds of things that I've, it's, it's a really interesting book. Um, and this woman, through visions, travels to, uh, talk to John. Did you read that, Kareem? Yes, I did. And it mm-hmm. was, it was a bit scary at the end, I must say, where he encounters his own corpse. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Mm, I forgot. Yeah. I love that macabre stuff anyways, but, um. <laughs> right, right. He encounters his own corpse. And, um, I've often thought about that. Um, being dead and like looking at your body, you know? And I think I'd be okay with it. It's not a big deal to me at all. But, I mean, for some people it might be really traumatic, but I don't, I don't think so. It's dead. <laughs> it's just a cocoon. <laughs> huh? Um, and remember the book I sent you on the woman who supposedly was contacting Lady Diana. I can't remember. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah, that was interesting too. Yeah, I thought that was good. But you know, and, and also the um, the uh, she H. Ryder Haggard, the series of those. That yeah, those are amazing. About Egypt and and that type of thing, you know. I I just love that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, and uh, uh, but what was the the first book? Is she right? Yeah, that's the first. Yeah, one. and then the the second one was. I think it's Aisha. Is the second. Yes, one. that's it. Those books are amazing. Those, but I could see and feel those books the moment I opened them up. That's how engaging they were. I was right there. Um, and then to follow it through to where you end up going is, you know, it, it, it's quite an adventure. You know, and it's still, I think I mentioned this to you before, like, why haven't they made a movie out of that? Well, they did. It was actually Ursula Andress, who's blonde and had nothing to do with yeah. I know who that is. Oh, what was, what was the name of it? It was called She, and it came out in the 60s, I believe. Uh, I know, but it was terrible. And then they did another one in the 70s, and that one was also terrible. Um, Oh, God. I know, but I'm going to watch it just for the heck of it. (laughs) You know which one you should watch is the one that came out in the 1930s. And who who was Aisha? It was, um, oh, my God, it was a famous star from back then. But that one's got beautiful, you know, um, you know, settings, and it's just really cool because it's old, you know, it's those old. Right, that's old, yeah. Yeah, every Sunday, my mom and I used to watch old movies, black and white movies on Channel 2 in the Bay Area. (laughs) And I love old movies. I love them. 
Um, anybody watching the new Twin Peaks series? Um, I'm going to try to watch that just for the heck of it. In fact, I was just talking about it the other day. I can't remember where it's at. Yeah, the old movies are just so, the way they dressed, the way they walked, pick up the phone. <laughs> oh, just that kind of stuff. But, I mean, the books that we read, you know, for our spiritual growth, even if it doesn't have anything to do, you know, I mean, like you wouldn't think it does. It it really is amazing. Like um, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Now, that's a horror, horror book, and my husband and I each read it. And then, uh, well, he... Yeah, he read it first, then I read it. He used to read uh, the second one, Glenn, Big Glenn. And um, we met in a um, in a dream in Pet Cemetery <laughs> with the trees and all the, where they would bury all the dead animals. Did you ever read that, Corrine? Sorry. I had to. Sorry, I had to. What? Mute. I had to mute. Oh. Uh, no, I never read it. You, you guys, believe it or not, I've never read a Stephen King book, ever. <laughs> well, you know, what happened, Stephen King, at first, his books were really good, and then he started just churning them out left and right, you know? And I think uh, The Stand is really good. Um, that was an older one. And Pet Cemetery was probably the last one I ever read of his, because after that, it just, I don't know where it went, but I didn't like it. And I did like horror, um, some of it, but to me, it, it always, I'll always remember that book specifically because of my husband and I. That's, you know, I knew something was up then, too, the way yeah. that that happened. So it's, it, it is, it's incredible what books can do for us. And then take us to worlds that we've never thought of, which is our imagination. And isn't that all part of spirituality is using your imagination? Um, because it really is something that is solid, that really is real. And you know, another good one that's out, it's not a book. Well, it, it was part of a book, is that one on Einstein, Genius, that's on uh, National Geographic. That's a good show. I think it's on tonight. Yeah, Tuesday nights, I think. I enjoy watching it because I love the way his mind worked. I just love Einstein. I've always seen him, and I've dreamt about him, and I've talked, you know, just I feel a strong connection to him. Even though he won't give me any ideas for inventions, you know. I mean, he just keeps me in, keeps me in the cold. <laughs> My husband thinks I'm nuts, but that's okay. Um, oh, and also, what movie did you see, Gemini Moon? What are you talking about? I saw the movie. Oh, I don't. I know. think she meant Pet Cemetery. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The book was way better, way better. Like, and um, just like the book. Go ahead, Kareen. Sorry, just like the book by Richard Matheson that. Oh, my God. Why can't I think of the name of it right now? Oh, What Dreams May Come. That book. Mm, yes. That outdoes the movie 10,000 times. Oh. That, book, that book 
changed my life when I read it. In the 80s, I read it when it first came out, and I was like, oh, my God. To me, that was a that was a gift. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And I was so lucky to meet That's him, good. Renee. Really? Yes, I met him in Los Angeles about five years or six years before he died. He was at a Stoker Awards um, conference. And so he comes into the room, and it was just a few of us there, and he was in a wheelchair. And I walked up to him. Nobody else walked up to him, and I walked up to him. He had the bluest eyes, and I said, I just want to thank you for writing that book, What Dreams May Come, because that book changed my life. It's incredible. And he said, oh, thank you. Very quiet. You know, he wrote a lot of the Twilight Zones, too, those really big Twilight Zones in the early days. Um, I love Twilight Zone. Me, too. And this guy had such a soul, I think. So I just was so um, enamored by meeting him. I was just so thrilled to, to actually meet the guy. And I told him how much he meant to me, you know, so that was good. Yeah, that is good. Um, you know, it's amazing to me how many of these people you've met. Yeah, it's amazing. How you could just stumble upon them. Yeah, that's really cool. And also, uh, not to use this platform to say so, but <clears throat> Nick Cave is touring, Karen. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, the, and, and Jim from the band told me he would give me um, – three free passes so if oh you want to have to get here in june and we can go together so i just wanted to say that <laughs> karen, karen you gotta go <laughs> i i really i didn't even know about nick cave to you and um his music yeah it's amazing uh-huh. you gotta go karen Buy your ticket now. Get it cheaper. Right. And, yeah, he was in Wings of Desire, which is also an awesome movie, Renee, if you ever get a chance. Oh, I'll, I'll write it down. Wings of Desire? Yes, it's so good. In fact, the um, the movie, what was the movie called, Michael, about the uh, the angel who was, um, I think. Yes, that was a good movie. Okay, so that's the mirror movie the hollywood mirror movie of wings of desire so oh. the wings of desire was the um the original movie and then they made that michael movie off of that. Mm. yeah wings of desire was first yeah and then the michael movie was made from that oh i want to see wings of desire what year was that made what was that karen 1983 or something Karen bought me the movie as a gift. Um, Oh, I bet I could find it like on Netflix or something. Or Amazon, one of them. Right. Maybe. But yeah, there's so much inspiration for us, you guys, out there. Oh, oh, my God. You know? And this book on fairies called The Real Life of Fairies. Um, mm-hmm. It's so amazing. This lady, uh, she's probably passed by now, but she lived all over the world, and she saw fairies everywhere, and she describes, like, a bunch of different ones. She said she couldn't possibly describe them all, 
but she mm -hmm. was able to see them. She was a medium, and some of her friends would be able to see them, and the fairies would be delighted when they knew that she could see them and communicate with them. And um, mm -hmm. But she talks all about what they're like and what they do and what their purposes are, and it's just such a great book. I'm almost done with it. And when I'm, I told you, I think, that when I'm done with it, I will send it to you because it's just it's really beautiful to read. It's, it's nice and cool. Yeah, I would like to, to read about that, definitely. Hey, does it say in there, fairies have free will? Here I go again. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, because they definitely do what they want to do. And... Um, she said they're, most of them are of low intelligence, but they, you know, I mean, they do do certain things. Like, they'll get, they'll actually get jealous and stuff. And, um, but most of them are, like, just happy and they, you know, prance about and, you know, walk straight. <laughs> Grow, right? Yeah. Are they into yeah? It, are, and all are are all fairies connected with um, the plants and things, or they're different fairies? They are all connected. Uh, most fairies have to do with nature. Of course, we right. know, we don't know this, but I'm assuming, like she says, no. the book, there are water fairies, there are land fairies, there are uh, deep water fairies, there are air fairies. And um, she says they all have to do with keeping the certain vibration of a place, you know, better or more conducive to, you know, a healthy environment. And um, so it's just so interesting, you know. And Are I there fairy, fairy queens or divas? You know, I don't – I think she did say there's a hierarchy. And, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure about – Queen, she has not mentioned anything like that before. And, or, so, I, hmm. and she didn't use the word diva, like a diva? She did use the word diva. Yeah, the diva is amazing. Um, oh, that'll be interesting to read because I like fairies. I think they're adorable. And I'll tell you, the, the place I saw them the most, I mean, they're everywhere, but the most was up north where I lived in the redwoods by the ocean with all the ivy and the ferns and all that greenery. Oh, my God. There were just tons of them. I bet. Now, it's so cool that you can Diva, D-E-V-A, -E yeah. That. Yeah, you just answered her. Okay. It's so cool that you can actually see fairies. Also, Shelby can see elementals and fairies. Mm-hmm. That is so cool, you know. <laughs> and I love little elementals. They're adorable. Now, to me, um, but I, I'm not sure. I would like to read more about elementals um, also because they're different than fairies. Does she mention elementals or is it all about? Um, well, she says that the elementals, I guess she's, uh, I'm not. I'm not positive, but I think she lumps them all together as fairies oh. and elementals. But I know that they're – wait a minute. I'm not sure. But I don't want to misquote her. But um, I can't remember what she says about elementals. But she's definitely describing things that don't sound like fairies to me. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm thinking that they're elementals. I don't know. You know what I mean? We have this 
this fictional idea of what fairies look like, which doesn't seem to be anything of what they really look like, according to her. So who knows? Yeah. What do you think about hmm. elementals and fairies? What is the difference? Well, elementals, I thought, had more to do with, like, but like water, air, fire, the elements. And fairies had more to do with, like, plants, trees, uh, stuff like that. Even though I've always had an elemental around me, so I know that they also can serve us. Um, my little elemental <laughs> that's been around me for years, and it's only been one, I don't know why, um, had little pointed ears and was very small and was always dressed in, like, a green color, let's say, and um, pointed ears. But he was definitely, and I call it him because he feels like male energy. So, and the fairies, I always thought, were more connected to plants. So, see, I mean, I, I don't really know enough about that. So, I would like to learn about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure she, like, she says that. Lumps them together. Yeah, because she talks about the air fairies or. <laughs> And like the ocean, um, I've seen sea nymphs. I've seen them laying there um, by the ocean. And um, they're small, but they kind of look like, kind of like a mermaid would kind of look like, but not all fancy. It's just very like a, uh, sea nymphs have like a fish tail. They have a fish. They have arms and a head and long hair. And, um, but they're not all beautiful, you know, how they, they make mermaids look. Nothing like, they, they're sea nymphs. They're much smaller. And I've seen them by the ocean when I lived there. So I knew they were there. Then, um, I would see the people, like, with the forest. There were also those type of people. So there was fairies at the forest, but also there was, like, little people. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Uh, these little people, and they also took care of the forest, but in a different type of way than a fairy would. That's all I could comprehend from it. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. But I know there's, yeah, there's, it's varied. And each, each mountain, like the mountains here, uh, the smaller ones and the bigger ones all have most of them have like these light beings that are part of the mountain and they're very large. They're large. They're not small and they're light. And sometimes like when I look at a mountain, that's what I see sitting, you know, on the top of it. It's its aura, yes, but it's also this, this, this being that is connected to the mountain. And the soil of the mountain, the trees, everything about it, and they are connected to that mountain. So I don't know what uh, there. Some people have described those as angel, you know, like of a mountain or something. 
Well, she she is talking now. The part I'm on now is she's talking about tree spirits and how every tree has a spirit, and sometimes the tree spirit will step out of the tree when it yes. knows that um, you know that uh, that we we can see that, that we can you know kind of communicate or feel them. But um, I'm not there yet, so I don't I can't really feel any uh, spirits coming out of the trees. <laughs> That's why I love trees so much. Uh, around the house, we have all these little trees that sprang up when we first started, when we moved in. And five years later now, they are so tall, they're up to the deck, which is, you know, like two stories up. So, I mean, it's amazing. And when I talk about up north, true northern California is like Fort Bragg. That's way north. The Bay Area, they call northern also but to me that was really never northern but some people refer to it as that that's where i was born and raised the bay area but i lived way up north by fort bragg on the ocean up there and i loved it but it was so secluded it just was impossible to do anything and then karen says a friend used to leave her shoes out when she was a little girl and a leprechaun like creature would come in the night take her shoes to be repaired and shined <laughs> that's cute and that is an old uh that's a tale that's an old tale i don't know if it's true or not i wouldn't put anything past anything but i will tell you that i have walked out and there have been like there'll be a little flower and out here in the high desert you know sitting on the porch and i always wonder you know, how did that get there? So um, I believe in that stuff. And I think our trees grow so well because we love them so, so much. So, Except for the one that I almost killed. <laughs> and Shelby's trying to help me with it, but I keep trying. I, and Shelby's coming in June to, to visit um, on her way to the Grand Canyon and all that stuff. So I'm going to have her look at my tree and see if she can help it. So. Oh, you saw the leprechaun ones? Oh, that's interesting. So what do you look like? Like a leprechaun? <laughs> I believe in leprechauns. I've seen, I've seen, I think I've seen them hanging around in green. You know, but it's interesting because we lived up north, and then we moved to central California, Lompoc, out by the ocean in Lompoc. And they had all different kinds because they used to grow flowers out there. Well, they still do. Flowers and um, all kinds of vegetables. There was tons of elementals and fairies everywhere. So that was interesting to see the different types. And then when you come here to the the high desert, and it is desert, but it's hot. You know, I mean, you go there's uh, pine trees not that far away. It's amazing the fairies and elementals that are here. It's so different. They look different. They behave, they're slower for some reason. Uh, maybe you know I don't know, uh, but it's just interesting the way um, <laughs> the good witch. My best friends convinced me all our kids, and or convinced all of our kids when they were little. That she is the tooth fairy, and they fell for it. <laughs> That's funny. Is there a gum fairy? <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I spent too much money on my teeth getting them fixed so I could keep them. Oh, my God. Anyway. No well, thanks. Yeah. Oh, and then 
there's something I wanted to talk to you about, too, and I'm going to mention it now so I don't forget it. Were you thinking about doing, like, a psychic fair or something? Yes. I knew it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you should do it. Do one twice a year. Well, I know, but you're going to have to be here. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, you know, after this year, I should be pretty safe for next year, right? I'm pretty much paid, paid off. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm where I can do things. Oh, I think, uh, Marie says, oh my God, have fun, do it. You should do it. You could have Elaine Reiner. I keep saying her name wrong. Reiner, she'd be interested. I'd be interested. Shelby. Shelby. Yeah. Uh, Clairvoyant deep readings from Shelby, psychic medium for me, and Elaine is um, also a medium, but she has a whole, and a psychic, but a whole different tool on it. You know what I mean? That she reads so different than like what I do. Right. I should get a reading from her, you know? Um, Very soft. Her energy is so soft. (laughs) Yeah. I'm seeing her this Friday. She's coming to um, Phoenix. Uh, her uh, nephew just had a baby. And so they're going to see the baby. And then I'm driving down to Lake Pleasant in Phoenix. And we're going to meet at the lake for a couple of hours. And then she, she's got to go back. And, and then oh, she's going on to California. So, yeah, so I get to meet her in person finally. Throughout <laughs> all this time. That'll be fun. Um, okay, so Big Mama Thornton's singing on the TV, so I'm going to mute now. Okay. Thank you for helping me with your, your words of wisdom. Okay, well, I guess we'll go, and we're going to look forward and encourage Kareen to do the um, the fair or whatever she's going to put together because we'll – we all know a lot of people that can participate, and it would just be a freaking blast, wouldn't it? <laughs> we could all be there. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, we have to encourage her. And uh, we would all help with marketing. Um, and then, you know, I guess you would charge, you know, us to, like, uh, buy a table. And that's how they do it, I guess. I don't know. You'd have to figure it out. But then that way you could. Well, yeah, you could do that, too. Start off doing it on Skype. Damn, Skype is so unreliable sometimes. I get my new modem tomorrow. I mean, the Internet's been driving me absolutely crazy. I've been getting bumped off left and right. Yeah, map it out and figure it out and make sure that you can make some money off of it. And um, and then that way, whatever the psychic the people make, because you'll have from A to Z there, they get to keep it. So... They pay for the table, and more than likely, they'll get enough business that, you know, they, yeah, rent, uh, yeah, and then split it up. Um, but that would be a blast, a blast. And you know you would get um, so many uh, people. Uh, you'd get uh, Alicia and her whole gang, and, I mean, on and on and on and on, you know, people um, – Aren't, you know, from the East Coast, there's probably a lot of people around you. Oh, God, do it in Salem, Massachusetts. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, 
Yeah. I haven't even been to the East Coast, so I'm, oh, too expensive. Boston, yeah. I, I know nothing about that, but I would love to learn. <laughs> I'm going to, eventually. So what I'm going to do uh, this year is about working, getting that bill paid off, so I'll be free next year because I, I can't take much more of this. <laughs> now, hopefully nothing else will come up, so, and we'll be done. Okay, thank you all for joining me. I hope you enjoyed um, visiting, really, that's all we're doing. And we were talking about books and how important they are. And um, thank you, Marie, for coming. Thank you, Karen, for coming. Thank you, Christy Who and Gemini Moon and Karen Kay and Marie Shelby and Supernatural Radio, our Kareen. And um, thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you all later. Now, what the heck? Where's the record? Oh, there it is. I found it. Okay. Good night, you guys. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh... Well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.